Hello and welcome to Can't Find My Way Home, the podcast where expats from around the globe talk about the music and art scene in their adopted home. I'm your host, Craig. In this episode of Can't Find My Way Home, I was joined by Connor Kilkelly. Connor takes us through his time living in Berlin, what it's like making that leap of faith to becoming a full-time artist, the ups and downs of the lockdown, as well as some of the projects he's working on at the moment. There's talk of the different processes he's used to record his first album and the second one, which is in the works the gut and gutter sessions both on YouTube and now live on stage again. We ponder if folk music is dark or not, and is it better than dark disco? Writing songs to order and being part of the Berlin Folk Festival in Sicily. The top five features Blink-182, OMC's How Bizarre, sibling rivalries, getting Depeche Mode wrong, sounding like the tallest man on earth, and just how to find your own voice. Let's get right to it, Connor Kilkelly. Yeah, so I moved to, uh, to Berlin in the middle of winter, 2015, on a whim, absolutely uh, enchanted with the city. I thought it was a great free type of place compared to um, Ireland Every is is small enough that people, they always have a comment for, for everything everybody's doing. <laughs> so you can't get away with murder. You can't get away with trying to, you know, do original music or anything like that without having a very thick skin, which I did not. So I just was secretly doing stuff. I wouldn't tell anyone what I was doing. And then uh, I moved here and I realized nobody gave a shit what you were doing so you could just uh experiment a bit more and i, I just found it more freeing and has it been uh, uh covid stuff aside has it been quite an easy transition for you i guess it's now ireland you to call it home now like you know like berlin or germany would you call it home i think my like i think my mother would disown me if i called it home um <laughs> let me see i think we can edit this bit out then when she listens to it <laughs> yeah no i i think um I think it is your it is home. It is home, but I romanticize Ireland a crazy amount. And I love Ireland. And I think of myself as Irish, obviously. I don't think of myself mm. as German. I barely speak right. the language. I don't. I'm awful at German. So no, I it just feels like Berlin feels like home. But I don't really think of Germany. I don't even think of myself as being here forever or anything like that. I just it just it, it's a completely very um unique time where a bunch of artists are living here and i love hanging out with the artists community and uh i just love it but uh yeah no i think in my heart and heart i'm completely irish true and true and it comes out in the music and there's no getting away from it you're it doesn't matter where you are you'll always be of the of your land <laughs> that's there's no the culturally the way you talk um the way you behave it's all dependent on those important early years i think so yeah i think ireland's still home i changed my answer ireland's home <laughs> <laughs> is this your like your first sojourn away from home like long term had you i had i you dipped my feet in the water before yeah, yeah i experimented i went to uh, i was in university and uh i went to belgium for a year to uh study but it was ju it just turned into me um having fun that was it i just tried like to that's do the whole point isn't yeah it? <laughs> i just tried to do as little as possible to get by my whole thing was i was just enthralled with all the people from all these different countries i couldn't get over it so i was always trying to find that again so when i was moving i wanted to find the most international mix of cultures possible and i just wanted to be there and hang because in belgium that's what it was like everybody was from everywhere and everybody just you just realize that everybody at their core is is all driven by the same thing and they're all the same they're all they're all exactly the same just cultural different differences are basically just different spices in the meal it's all the right. same vegetables you know <laughs> that's it the scene in berlin i mean is it when I was reading your website, yeah, it's kind of dark folk. Is that, is that how the scene's described? Are you I, 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 or are you your protagonist in this scene? I've been calling there. I've been, I've been noticing that there's a, there's a tinge. It's not just here. I've noticed that 
a lot of folk music seems to have gotten a bit dark in general. So I don't know. Folk music has always been dark, though. Yeah, it's but it, yeah, telling but these, it's always it's how it's that's performed, true. I think you know. Yeah, you're right. It's a uh, it's it's always been bloody dark. Um, but there was always elements of love stories and tragedies and yeah, you know, broken hearts over oceans and yeah. Uh, Nautical disasters, you name it, right? The, yeah, the and it, music it, it, scene's kind of done it. And there's always been drinking songs and happy songs as well. I don't know. I just there we uh, go, right? Yeah, the, but it feels like there's been a. I don't know. It's just a little. I, maybe it's just a sign of the times, or maybe it's just an over embellishment um, of the genre. But I don't know. I just listen to bands like there's an Irish band called Lancome, and they sing about the darkest subjects, and it just feels a little darker i don't know what it is it's like it's like a slight progression but i don't think it's necessarily um it's still folk it's just a i don't know mm. it's, it's it's more like a, a thing people just start saying about music recently why do come up, people come up with names in general it's just ridiculous it's, if it's a good tune that's a good tune the bloody genre is annoying as hell and then totally agree with and you. then when you so actually, it's like trying to pigeonhole yeah. something right it yeah. has to have a name or a box uh, yeah to go I, to certain so that people can categorize it or they can you know find it easily or whatever it is but i think i find it a bit it's pretentious a bit annoying yeah it's a bit annoying from time to time i think it's a it's a marketing thing really i think uh if they can't figure out how to sell you they struggle so they make up all these stupid names <laughs> that's nothing, nothing to do I don't, with. I don't know it's worse than people buy into it as well they're like oh yeah oh, that's cool, right? you know, people, people are we're all we're all very lazy <laughs> You just you're like, eh, dark folk. Oh, cool. That sounds different. Sure, we'll we'll go with that. It's all you're you're dead right. It's all just folk. It's the exact same. It's always been. It's just folk is always depicting the time it's in. Maybe we're in a slightly darker time than usual. So, dark folk. You know, I don't know. I'd love. Perfect. They should do that with other genres. I'd love a bit of dark disco or something. That'd be great. Well, is that hey, well there's a market for us there, I think. Yeah. We'll, we'll speak after when we, we we'll, we'll, we'll get a band together. <laughs> you know, yeah, is that yeah. just what electronic music is? <laughs> just dark yeah, disco. It could well be yeah. Yeah, with a little with, with some of those spices you you mentioned. Yeah. Earlier. <laughs> you know, maybe that's what keeps them dancing. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about the gut and gutter songbook sessions how did all that come about in the collaboration with uh, the famous gold watch yeah famous gold watch and uh, 808 so famous gold watch is kind of um it's a studio here that um i record at and they have their own little record company and um i became a part of that and uh it's kind of like um a collective of people who are just trying to help each other out and just call it a record company because what the hell even is a record company really you know and uh 800 a is this venue that was always very um kind to me and would always give me gigs when i needed a gig and uh run by the uh wonderful guy called fabio lafata he's he's great sicilian gentleman and uh yeah i said to my friend andrew mccarger yeah lockdown's tough or whatever and he says well why, why don't we just film um something I said, yeah, we need a venue, we need good internet. And Fabio reached out and said, we could do it there. He wouldn't charge anything or he won't expect anything, any of the profits or anything, just complete charity. He just wanted us to gig again and not to worry too much about it. So we were just doing it for our own little folk scene here, really. It started being really cute because uh, people would watch back home in Ireland or in um, wherever, countries all over. You'd be shocked who the countries that people would be watching from. And uh, yeah, that's the great thing about online shows. But now that lockdown's over, we're, we're not doing it anymore because uh, that need to have it all streamed online for everybody was really just to help everybody through lockdown. And now that lockdown's over, it's like our job is done. We still do Gut and Gutter live, but it's just, you know, just, just for the audience. And, mm. and also you have to be a little... There's a little bit of you that's like, uh, oh, this is being recorded forever. So you're not as loose or as wild. <laughs> Sometimes I like to be on, on stage. You kind of... Would, would you mean like you hold something back a yeah, little bit? Yeah. You're, you, you're more aware of... You're a little aware. How this will be in 10 years or 20 years' yeah, time. Yeah, you're or... kind of aware it's there forever. But, for example, I host an open mic once a week. And last night I, I was doing it and I was just thinking... 
I'm so glad this isn't recorded because you just do, uh, you say whatever's on your head in between acts. Someone's tuning a guitar, you have to talk so it's not boring. <laughs> right. And you just say whatever and you're like, oh God, I'm so glad this isn't recorded, <laughs> you know? But uh, yeah. And there's only so much shit you can spout in one day, right? You're just yeah. kind of, you know, you, no matter how good you are, yeah, yeah. you're just kind of like, yeah, you're nearly ready there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh. You're nearly ready. Uh, where are you from again? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what was you? Yeah, okay, right. And I'm so, I'm so bad. Oh, go on, please. At, sorry, I'm so bad at pronouncing names as well. So it would just be me screwing up people's names all the time, and then me dying inside, and that would be recorded <laughs> all the time. You know. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Good <laughs> well job. done. You know? <laughs> Is it? Uh, I was getting open mics on a Monday night, man. I mean. Tuesday, Tuesday. It was Tuesday. Oh, shit, shit. I don't even know what day it is. It's Wednesday. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, yeah. First beer of the week. There you go. Maybe that's what it there is. There you go. It's like a alcohol. Good, man. Uh, a Tuesday night open mic. Had, it's, it works reasonably well. I mean, from, yeah. a, from a performance point of view, you have... Obviously, Berlin's a bigger city than... No, it's the biggest city in Germany, right? So you've got yeah maybe more of the pick of... Artists, musicians, is it, is it purely music you do at the open mic? No, we do poetry as well. And um, it's, um, we're lucky. We're on, a, we're, on a, we're on a good street in a good area of town. It's not like a very touristy, but it's, it's kind of like a run of bars. And people, not usually tourists, but sometimes tourists, but people just go there and they'll just walk and they'll go from, they'll try to figure out which bar or restaurant they want to hang out in. And we're blaring the music, have the window open until 10. Then you have to close, then you have to call it off because neighbors again, pretty bad these days. And um, yeah, so people just walk by and they'll come in. So we usually start off with no one and then slowly people trickle in, uh, trickle in and then it gets full. So yeah, even on a Tuesday, last night we were pretty full and I had a full bill of performers. I had more than... Uh, usual. I had like just eleven people or whatever, but it's um, it's perfect. It's a, it's. I can't believe I got away with it. Yeah, because I used to do it at a different venue, and it was, it was sometimes would be slim pickings. You'd have like five people in the whole room, and three three performers, and we would still do a night. We would try to make it work, and it was actually, it was actually great crack. <laughs> that was really fun. Yeah, that's what got me through the. The early days, I, I started, I talked to Dave, who was Kindle Steuben, about uh, an open mic, uh, what, is that a way of doing it? And he said, yeah, yeah, you should try that. And then just by fluke, I was talking to a guy who was producing my EP and we're in a bar and they said they were very slow on Monday and Tuesday. And I said, you should do an open mic, you'll get people. And he said, will you do it? I said, sure. And that was my income. <laughs> that got me through the first two years that was really something really lucky very lucky yeah yeah maybe a lot of this is the right place right time or just as you just said they're like just these spontaneous somewhat spontaneous decisions or meetings and it's just kind of like one thing leads to another you know? yeah it's weird it's weird when you think about it like that how if i didn't do that or i didn't do that then it wouldn't happen it's the the lesson is always go to the thing even when you don't want to <laughs> you know you should you should go because you never know what what'll happen yeah uh, yes uh, tell us about actually it's quite a nice segue in then maybe yeah the what you've recorded and where and what's coming up yeah so uh i did i did make an ep but i took it down because um it was just something we did in one day in a winter in 2017 or whatever, just, just so we could test if we could actually work as a band, me, Felix and my friend, David, uh, a different David. And, um, then we recorded the prick and the pedal. That's the album. Um, that came out, um, 2019 or whatever, just before the end of 2019, yeah, like, it was December. like Christmas day. Yeah. It was Christmas day, 2019. And then the bloody, we had our, we had, yeah, we had like tour, we had our tour booked in Italy. I was really excited about going to Italy and we we're going to do another run of show, but the show's in Ireland and then try and see what we could do in Germany. And, uh, and then the whole bloody thing collapsed. So we had made this book 
that we're really proud of. We didn't do an album normally. We did like a book, a picture book, an art book that um, oh, Stephanie yeah, Hannon, who who plays with us, designed. It's absolutely gorgeous. And then we were about to bring it on tour and sell them, and then nothing. And then uh, I was like, okay, you can beat yourself up or just do another album. So that's what Salop is about. But it's very much a lockdown album. It's all about um, solitude and all that. <laughs> it's a barrel of laughs. But yeah, we're slowly, <laughs> we're slowly doing that now. And um, we're recording at the Famous Go Watch, of course. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a slow process. So I'm going to crowdfund in bits and bobs when I do another string of shows. We were recording a few days ago and I'm just doing it kind of secretively and not really oh here's me in the studio and it's coming out soon it's just very slow and paced i just want to get it exactly like the um i want it to be very much uh evoking that feeling we all shared during that time it's like a time capsule of that and uh that's what it's meant to be but easier said than done (laughs) <laughs> you know, because <laughs> yeah, we've already moved on now, and it's like, oh god. I, well, that's the thing is, yeah. lockdown three's next before we get off this. Yeah, that'll be the sequel. Yeah. <laughs> but to turn things around, though, I, I saw the video, the really nicely shot video. I don't know how it, but me, you can tell us. But it was the from that crowdfunding idea of someone had donated. Yeah. And you, maybe you can tell me which one. I don't know they, which one. Wanted, you wanted to to write a song about. Getting old, loving someone when you're old, or oh right, yeah. Was it a lyric video? Was it one of those? No, it was. It was kind of shot a bit like a kind of vintage style. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing. Sorry, bloody hell, my memory's gone to the dogs. Yeah, because um, I never wrote any of this down. I just kind of yeah, just <laughs> took it all in, you know. And I thought, oh yeah, I'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you're better. You're doing better than me. I can barely remember my own song. Um, yeah. So during crowdfunding, I didn't want to do the whole thing where you just um, here give me money because I'm great or whatever. <laughs> like people have enough problems. So um, I just said, I'm a songwriter. Um, if you want me to write, if you give me a donation of fifty, I'll write an impromptu song. And if you give me a hundred, I'll sit down and I'll write. A proper song for you and Reiner Van Feld who is a great folk musician he paid me together with his wife 100 euro I said what do you want the song about and they said old people in love because uh, he's he, he's 75 and she is I'm not sure what her age you're not allowed to ask of course and then uh, and then I don't know it just came out I, I was very happy with the song because I've never written a song specifically on a topic for other people ever before and I don't know I thought I thought ah, I'll go the extra mile and I'll make a little video for him as well so it's kind of like a little a whole thing uh, yeah it looks and sounds great yeah I'm happy with that one I have to say I, I really like writing for other people I should do it more <laughs> that's on the to-do list from now on yeah if you want to hire if anyone's listening you want to hire me <laughs> it goes towards the crowdfunding and, and I actually fucking love doing it I got another one I have to do now actually yeah so thanks it's good to hear mm-hmm. uh, is there any big differences between you know the debut album and the uh, the new one in the works yeah so the stylistically yeah the way we, we the way we're doing it is um, the, the original one was live band we all play together all at the same time try to nail it in a few takes. This one was um, just me and the producer, and that's it. And then we'll slowly build things after it. So it's entirely different. It's a lot more isolating and scary. It's a, it's a, it's a lot, but that's what it's meant to evoke. So it's meant to be, it's meant to be you're alone and stuff. But yeah, so it's not, it's not as easy. <laughs> it's not as fun because <laughs> fun, it's funner if you're with a band, you're all having a good time. You're a little stressed, but you're all there together. This is just me in a room and the producer's in another room and, and, uh, it get, you get in your head every few takes and then you have to stop and, you have to be, uh, you have to be very, it's, it's a weird thing to do. I'm glad I'm doing it, but it's just, uh, cause it's the only way to evoke the mood, I think, but it's, uh, mm. the next album is going to be a live band again. Not this, right? yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's going to be all bloody dark disco tunes from now on. 
<laughs> That's her secret. <laughs> Uh, is it? Have you always been a consider yourself a solo performer, or you know, when you first started out in music, or picking up the guitar? Were you, you know, in a band, or did you do the whole bedroom guitarist thing first? Or how did it work for you? I was um, eleven years old, got a guitar, and um, no, I, I was eleven year old, and I decided I wanted to be. I, was, I loved Blink One Eight Two. That was my band when I was eleven, and. Uh, I'm like, not judging you, it's okay. Oh, no, <laughs> yeah, you judge away. <laughs> but uh, I, I remember just thinking, um, these guys can barely play their instruments. So what's, the, what's the, you know, it's that, it's that punk Is thing. that it, right? You're yeah, you, that's yeah exactly. Right. You're just like, uh, oh, they're, they're, they can barely play, so I can, I can at least try to do that. You know, I remember that was my thought process as an 11-year-old, and uh, me and my friend decided we would start a band. He, I said I'd play the bass. He said he'd play guitar. I, we both went up to our parents, and my mother said, uh, you can't have a bass, you, because you can't play it alone and have fun. You can have a guitar. And I told him that he has to play bass now. <laughs> he, <laughs> he got the bass, I got the guitar. We told our other friend, you should be the drummer. And he ended up, uh, his dad worked in a school, and uh, they had an old rusty drum kit, <laughs> and he got it. So we were 11-year-old punk band who couldn't play their instruments at all like not even a chord i didn't know how to play a chord and we still tried and we that's what we did and we were in that band for about eight years or something like that yeah it was great it was so much fun we were even on telly when we were 11 we were on telly um we had just learned a few chords and uh john the bass player he decided he would uh Put us up for one of those kids talent shows <laughs> and we, we got on the telly i still cringe it's the i'm so glad it's not on the internet Is anymore but father ted eurovision style oh my know? god like my lovely like horse trip, you know yeah at least my lovely horse was a good banging tune, <laughs> it was uh, a banging tune. our one was uh i just remember my guitar i heard it on my friend's phone recently, and it's so out of tune. <laughs> my guitar is so out of tune. It's unlistenable. It's unlistenable. So, yeah. So, I was but in I a band. You had, you had the, uh, the kind of collective energy to do it, though, and I guess that was the sp in the spirit of things, you know, it was done the right way. That's why I love punk, because that's kind of what they preach. Yeah, you know, just just bloody, what is it they always say? Three chords and the truth or whatever. We, we didn't have any truth, so we just sung ridiculous <laughs> songs. But we had three chords, so halfway there. It's all you need. Influence-wise, so punk being a, a big influence from when you were, you know, from your a younger child. days. child, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I don't see childhood, it sounds like, yeah. I don't know, it just sounds wrong. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> No, I was a child, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, influence. You didn't just morph into this kind of Nick Cave character like overnight. <laughs> you know? I, I, I can, I can take back. Um, I, I can, mean that in a good way, by the way. Oh, thanks. Uh, no, I can. Um, I love Nick Cave. He's the best. Uh, I could trace back my influences to car trips uh, with my family from my hometown is in Drogheda on the east coast, and we go to visit our relatives in Galway. And it was about a three or four hour trip. It was usually about four for some reason. It was old dodgy roads mm. before the motorway. And um, we would just listen to The Kinks, uh, Bob Dylan, The Doors. Then there would just be random flashes in the pan on the radio that we would throw on every now and again. So it was, that was it. And I was really into Pulp. I remember I loved Pulp. That was, that felt like my first my band as like this my even though it was my brother who who actually had the album and um but i loved it different, i learned all different the class or different classes i think different class is a big one that's the one with the uh, disco 2000 exactly that's my favorite song that's a <laughs> that was my um that's my first uh memory of performance my grandmother irish grandmothers always say um sing us a song they all say something like that and i was uh six or whatever and uh I sang Disco 2000, <laughs> and I, I was like, da-na-na, doing like the, I was pretending to do air guitar and everything. And at the end, she sat down very quietly at the very end, and she's like, that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember that. Oh, my nice. God, it must have been something to see. Yeah. And then, I don't know, in college, I got into 
Bob Dylan was in the car, so I loved Bob Dylan. But then I went through a punk period as a teenager because you have to do something um, angsty when you're a teen. Yeah, Yeah. And then, so then I went into that and the Smiths and everything. And then um, college, I rediscovered the Kinks and Bob Dylan. And and then I found Tom Waits and Neil Young. And I was gone. I was off to the races. And then Joni Mitchell, Jesus. I could still remember the time I first listened to Blue. I was shocked. I was meant to be studying. And then I just put on the headphones. I just played it on repeat and I just stared at the album cover for about an hour or two hours or something. I must have listened to it like three times. So strange. Such a masterpiece. Yeah. It is a great album. I haven't listened to it for a long time. I think I bought it on cassette. I remember buying it in a record shop. Yeah. It might have been years old now. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it must be, I think I bought it on a, not on a whim, but it was like on sale or something like that, you know, and it was like, in the days when they sold records and cassettes and all that, it was yeah, like two yeah. quid or something like that I bought it for, and I was, yeah, in amongst all the Smiths or the uh, Killing Joke or whatever I was listening at the time, I yeah. was listening to Johnny Mitchell not telling anyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's a secretive, it's a secretive yeah. uh, music it's like a thing. Everyone will see it, right? <laughs> yeah, and now I bloody, I, now I, and now I don't give a shit. Like, every... Strategically placed under Led Zeppelin Four, you know? yeah. <laughs> you're kind of like no one will ever know. Exactly, yeah. The, just cover it, put the doors on top of it or something. No, but now I'm just like, when you, when you become a guitarist um, who, who discovers uh, open tunings and different things like that, you realize that we're all I was just going to ask you about that. We're yeah. all just doing an impression of Joni Mitchell, really. She's the master. She's such a masterful uh, guitarist and songwriter and lyricist. Her lyrics are bloody too much. They're too good. It's, uh, she's some kind of magic deity. I don't know who she is. <laughs> I remember Fabio, or um, the owner of 800A, who helped us out with Gut and Gutter, he uh, had a great idea once to um, set up a Berlin folk scene festival in Sicily. <laughs> and his, his idea was we all go in a van drive for three days to Sicily and it was one of the great idea on paper and then when you actually Sounds did like it, a laugh it was harrowing what could go wrong <laughs> it was harrowing we got robbed I remember we got all our we, I had my guitar and we had our guitars but the play, thing got broken into and it's just the whole thing was just calamity after calamity <laughs> but it was I wouldn't change it for the world it was so much fun in the end so yeah that's that stands out just as a just as a fun thing we all did just because that's what being a musician is you have to um you're doing something absolutely ridiculous for a living so you might as well lean into that and uh go fully fully uh wild you know sure we'll drive for three days and stop off in the middle of nowhere and everybody doesn't uh, all these singer songwriters that don't know each other in the same car and see what happens it was bloody great crack yeah yeah i'm just focusing on um Berlin at the minute because I, I don't want to book tours and have my heart broken again. That's so I'm avoiding, I'm avoiding everything that could break the old heart. So I'm staying in um, Berlin and I've set up um, a cabaret. So we set up a full band show uh, with burlesque and a story that ties all everything together. It's a, it's the funniest, it's the funnest thing I've ever done. It's a, so I write a script about it's like a murder mystery. And we all get killed off one by one, and you have to figure out who the killer was. And we play all our songs, not just my songs. I get uh, Dave plays a few, we, we and we all we all play as one big band, and we have burlesque, and it's it's brilliant. And that's uh, also at eight hundred a. He's great. We all my shows are now at eight hundred a or Zoom Crocodile, and um, yeah, that's what we do once a month. So we're going to do that last Saturday of every month so if you're ever in berlin come come see it it's fun it's great and of course gut and gutter we're going to do that as well so three singers songwriters twice a month we all tell stories and share songs and that's that's basically the whole shebang and the open mic of course so yeah we're busy we're busy but yeah all in berlin I mean, it's it's been a bit feast of famine maybe in that respect then right you know totally. it goes from 
uh, working hard to fill up the the schedule and the you know yeah places here and there and keep it and keep it fresh and interesting at the same time you know and keep keep motivated to do it right it's you know it's oh when yeah it a, when it becomes dare I say it like work then you, know, yeah. you don't want to do it anymore or you lose the you lose the certain feeling from it but not only that I remember during lockdown it was uh, no gigs or whatever you just have a crisis of. Um, meaning you just don't know what you're for well, like, what you do you know if you're not a musician what are you like and uh and just you sitting there and i remember just having such a just a head fuck about it you just uh what, what if, if i'm a, how can i be a musician if i don't play music for anyone but it's the whole existential thing existential <laughs> crisis and a half i i was it was it was so weird as well because um you know, you would see all these things put in place for other jobs. And then the artists were just left on their bloody laurels, you know, and I just... Yeah, literally at your ass, yeah. Yeah, you feel, feel like a, such a fucking sense of abandonment. And it's, it's, I think it's, I think they bloody should be heads to roll at the end of this. In Ireland, what they're doing to the artists is, is draconian. It's just, uh, they, they just had a big Gaelic football is our, is our Irish football. Mm. They had a, a giant bloody full packed to the rafters stadium. But the same night, all the music was allowed like 20 people in the door, you know, and it's just like, ugh. it's just, it just makes me so bloody angry. Yeah, it's like, it's it's just, hypocrisy of yeah, all, just the whole fact that everybody's bloody culture stands on their artists and their, their writers, their musicians. That's what it stands on. And then <laughs> they treat them like fucking shit. It just, it just so, it just makes you so angry. So I, I started telling all my artist friends, just go on Patreon and uh, just because you, you can't depend on anyone. You can't depend. On, what, what if another pandemic happens in a year? What are you meant to do? Like just change. Oh, the cheek is some people telling you to just get a real job or whatever. Oh, there you we just, go. They just, just wanna, until that one comes out the bag. You yeah. just want to bloody strangle them. You're like, why don't you? What? How dare you? That's a crazy thing to say. So, yeah, I tell everyone, just join Patreon and try to try to convince as many people that you're not just doing it because you're a bloody egomaniac or whatever. Maybe right, some, it's, not, it's not on a whim. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe some people are egomaniacs, but you have to have some kind of, com you have to be compelled to do this because it's not bloody easy and it's bloody scary most of the time. And uh, yeah, I think if you could, if you'd had a, any way to a drive to do something else, you probably would because it's, this is, you have to stand in front of a stage of people and, and be calm. That's crazy in itself, you know? Who can do that? I can't do that. It's ter it's still terrifying to me. So it's like, yeah, I do it. And I uh, I don't expect anyone to tap me on the back, but I also don't expect to be abandoned. Like, get fucked. <laughs> no, you need to look after your artist. You need to be a patron of the art. If, you, if you're an artist, someone who listens to this podcast now and you like musicians and artists, find a way to support them because you know sometimes they're just left completely fucked so yeah <laughs> that was a rant sorry i got away from myself definitely allowed okay. you know if you if you if you like folk music whatever just go to, you can go to killkelly.net and if you like it you like it uh we're working on the new album at the minute and yeah that's it man we're just trying to get by <laughs> trying to trying to make music always try to outdo yourself that's all you're trying to do and it's okay. if you're not doing it for your own entertainment you just need to stop doing it basically because <laughs> you're doing it for I the wrong reasons uh top five ah yeah so the first one i kind of like to start with is a guilty pleasure yeah still still kind of like blink 182 that's definitely in the top five right there guilty pleasures and yeah, it's hard to make them guilty because I've been trying to get away from guilt since the old Catholic upbringing in Ireland. But uh, <laughs> I've tried to embrace it all. But yeah, no, I love cheesy pop. I love um, every pop song from the 90s. It's a classic. You know that tune, Habaza? Habaza? Mm. Habaza. Yeah, yeah. Well, Put that in there. Stick that in my top five. It's a Kiwi band of all things. As a <laughs> not, not that that's like a, something too bizarre. They do have music in New Zealand, but... 
thing, you know. Yeah, yeah, most people, most people should have. I think you can tell, give them, give them, give the game away with my age. I know who they are. Okay. It, was, it was your guilty pleasure. I would love to know your one. You you don't get away without having one. Oh man, I, I have far too thousands. Many, so I don't know. It's just one of those things where it's a tough question. Like, so, aye, so for example, is Marvin Gaye listening? To Marvin Gaye is that a guilty pleasure? That's the opposite. That's fucking that's, right. You that's, know, that's, that's, just you it's the coolest thing ever. Or you listen to old Motown stuff. Or- oh, come on. That stuff's the best. If that's guilty pleasure, then I'm absolutely, the verdict is I'm hung and dry. As- well, I, try, I try to make these little playlists to go along with the episodes. I haven't done an episode for a couple of weeks, but yeah. I try to do like uh, an al- uh, excuse me, a playlist called Music Week. So it's like a theme every week. Yeah. And this week's, oh, his, his lights just falls. <laughs> it's all a bit... <laughs> Stuck together, uh, sure. Aren't we all? Aren't we all? It's uh, uh, so this week's is about talk or right. chat or gossip, you know. What I mean, so I try to keep yeah. it to like one word or two words, and that's the little hashtag. But of course, hashtags don't mean anything unless you're the guy who makes the algorithm, so right, 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 right. But right. uh, yeah, every day I kind of try and come up with a new, a different song or a song and a theme and all that kind of stuff. So I like doing things like that. Today's was CCR's version of. Heard it through the grapevine. Just oh, for a change. Absolutely, absolute banger. Did you hear that they all bloody hated each other? Every single one of that band. Yeah, that's that's that ended pretty ugly. That was. Uh, it's so sad because they're so yeah. fantastic. Two brothers as well. Like, uh, yeah. Why is John that always Fogger the way? Brother, yeah. Always the way. Two brothers. Well, there's an interesting story I read behind this. I don't know if it was a friend of mine read John Fogerty's autobiography. I heard it's great. He was great. under so much pressure, apparently, as a young a young guy. He was the front of the band or the face of the band. Or he wrote the songs. It was up to him. He to did. He it. wrote them all. He yeah. somebody to come up with the whole thing. And he had a young family at the time. And he was just under pressure to make money and do the whole rock and roll thing. And yeah, I guess, as you know, or it doesn't take a rocket science to, to work out that sometimes siblings don't get on anyway. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It might have been this kind of fatal concoction of, this short-lived but very creative kind of burst of energy, and then it just kind of, that was them, they were done. Seems to do something good for the music as well, that tension. Like, the Kinks had it as well, two brothers who were always at odds and ends, they were always at each other's throats, and they're one of my favourite bands still. I think they're fantastic, and... uh, Yeah. Yeah, not a big oasis, You see how I managed to avoid your question there? I'm quite good at that, you'll see. Why, did you? Yeah, good, damn it. (laughs) Not my first rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, like, oh, for, I like Marillion. Marillion? Like both with and without. Who's? Uh, with Fish and, you know, they're kind of British prog. I don't, I don't. They were kind of big in the 80s and they're still playing today. They're a very not complicated sounding prog band. What's know? their, what's their hit song? They, their big album was on the, 83 or 84 or something like that and it was uh, Misplaced Childhood the album was called the song's Kaylee Kaylee fuck none of this is ringing even a tiny bell for me but I'm sure if I hear it in our playlist which I hope it is then I'll bloody I'll bloody I've got my other playlist with all the kind of bands on it and stuff like that you know so I try and kind of put that in with my little social media thing but not on TikTok yet either it is good that playlists have come back it's the mixtape of our generation. <laughs> Most definitely. You know, I quite like the 80s. Now that, now that I've kind of really had a minute or two to think about it, I, 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 yeah, I musically kind of grew up in the late, very late 70s and the beginning of the 80s and stuff. That was my kind of... Were you digging Blondie? Teenage years. Oh, totally, man. I remember going into the guy who lived two doors down from me into his sister's bedroom and she had like, uh, she had all the punk albums and parallel yeah. lines yeah. and... Uh, never mind the bollocks and all that. Yeah. And as, as a kind of 11-year-old kid or whatever, you just put it on her record player. <laughs> you know, she's not in, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were just like, whoa, what's that? <laughs> you know, I, you're just kind of like, I'm how, still how blown can away. we play this, you know? I'm still blown away by Blondie. I think they're bloody brilliant. Um, yeah. Harry I, quite, I quite liked it. I liked, like, a lot of electronic music from the 80s, funnily enough, you know, like synth music, even Depeche Mode, like all that early mm-hmm. stuff, or Soft Sail. Depeche or... Mode are so big in Germany, have you noticed that? They're, they're huge, yeah, I mean, they're just 
monstrously popular but there's some good tunes actually the best one yeah hungry like the wolf that's a great fucking tune <laughs> but duran duran i mean all that oh stuff. sorry is that bit... duran duran that's duran duran oh fuck what the best modes like personal jesus oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. oh and everybody that. covered johnny uh johnny cash did that didn't need personal jesus yeah so yeah i guess that's a bit of my gu- uh, guilty pleasure i quite like things of that nature not for sentimentals they're just good songs eh? I can't believe I mixed up Duran Duran. That's so funny. My eighties, uh, my there, my eighties synth pop. <laughs> Not working. Old soul music as well, like soul ballads and all that kind of stuff, gets me. Like Sam Cooke, or mm. even the more kind of obscure northern soul stuff that you don't know who it is, but they're just great songs. They're like yeah. two and a half minutes and change, and you're like, "Fuck hell, that was great." Yeah, <laughs> who yeah, is yeah. it? And you, you've no idea who this person is. It's just like a, a complete. Unknown, but you know they they produce so much of that great soul kind of dance music, and a lot yeah. of it came from the same studio, right? Chess, yeah, exactly. Uh, or, or there was two yeah. of them. There was two of the Sun, something. And uh, yeah, the, it's bloody fantastic that it all just it was like churned out of this. So I don't know. I, I might even just great. do a guilty pleasures episode because it's a kind of fun thing, you know, when you start talking. about Hundred percent, but yeah. things that just kind of remind you of this are they're just good old songs, you know. You just need a little prep time because it's hard to remember because you, you suppress the guilt so much. You know, <laughs> <laughs> gotta let it out. So there we go. We have a playlist to let it out. There we go. That's the kind of thing. Let it out. Yeah. Exactly. Stop being guilty. We all dig it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> totally. The, to kind of flip that question around then, uh, Connor, who's someone you don't get? Like, uh, yeah, you just think they're overrated or you, you're just like, oh, uh, yeah, I don't get it. That's a bloody... T- ah, yes. First, I, I really don't... Let's just forget pop. Could be somebody really shitty. Let's, 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 give away, <laughs> let's get away from pop because a lot of pop stuff I can't really get at the mm. minute, especially. Uh, but someone who's really good... But I don't get it. Is I can I'm trying to think. There's there's definitely a few where I'm just like, uh, don't really see. I I don't really like people who have a very trained voice. <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's like there's a whole bunch of uh, wonderful performers. But if I feel like it's a little too rehearsed, I can't get too polished. In, I, I can't get into it. Yeah, too polished. Like, my favorite uh, singer is Nina Simone, and she was probably very well trained, but I don't know, you you hear her voice in it. It's when someone loses their talking voice when they sing. Mm. It doesn't care, it doesn't matter to me how good they are. Like, uh, it's just when they lose it, or they put on, you can get away with putting on an accent, like Elton John puts on an accent, and I love it, but even that is risky, putting on an accent, It's but it's that, it's that, uh, trained, uh, beautiful choir voice can never get into it. Uh, that, that, it doesn't matter who it is. If it's too pretty, I can't, I can't, I can't get into it. I gotta hear the grit a bit and then I love it. also it. kind of brings around that question that as a singer yourself or singer, yeah. songwriter, performer, yeah, guitarist, all round troubadour, you know, it kind of brings around the question that how do you find your voice? Whether that, you know, that singing voice, do you feel uh, comfortable singing in your own you have quite a distinctive singing style yeah uh i don't know i i, I that's a good question I, I definitely remember when i first started singing i was just a carbon copy of um remember, don't see blake Woody no do you ever hear you ever <laughs> hear that guy from sweden i think is he is i think he's from sweden he, he's called tallest man on earth and he has oh a, yeah right he, yeah. he is a very he is particular yeah. he is Swedish okay he has a very particular voice and I loved it it's so scratchy mm. and I remember when I was deciding I was gonna pursue music I wasn't trying to rip him off but subconsciously I was like I want the grit so I sounded like him when I first started and then a guy, I was busking in Galway and a guy stopped me and he says you sound exactly like tallest man on earth I love mm-hmm. that that's what he said and then um from that day on, I stopped. I just, I, I just had to retrain myself. So I was like, I would talk, and then sing, and try to keep the same, just me as much as possible. Because I really wanted it to be not inauthentic, not not some 
fake rip-off thing. Everybody rips off everybody to an extent, like uh, what's Tom Waits always says, he's just a bad impersonation of Louis Armstrong. <laughs> and then uh, well, it's, uh, uh, so everybody does it. Uh, Bob Dylan, Woodley Guthrie, obviously. And then uh, Woody Guthrie, sorry. And then um, it, it's it just took me time to just try and do my voice. But sometimes I catch myself doing an impersonation of an Irishman. Well, I used to. I used to, well, I, I would ham it up a bit. So I had to try, you just always try to just restrain it to, if you were singing alone and you weren't trying to make yourself laugh or something, what would you, what would be your natural way of singing? And I just always try to do that. That's why I'm working with a producer at the minute and he's always trying to get me to train my voice and stuff. He's dead right. You need to be able to hit the notes on demand or anything but i have i'm terrified of training your voice too much so i'm always like a little standoffish you know i'll do warm-ups but i don't want to i don't want to yeah you just don't want to be that like people in theater they always sing exactly the same and i'm like who who's telling them to do this because the old man down the pub who you i heard as a child sing that's my like favorite big baritone yeah. voice. There's always one yeah. old guy in the pub. I mean, say everyone would there. Yeah, but I think that's great. I think that's that's what yeah. it is. All the warts and all. That's what I want. I don't want pretty. I want real. Uh, if you go off key, I don't care. I don't give a shit. I love hearing people just full of emotion that it almost breaks. I don't know. Obviously, we can't all be Nina Simone. <laughs> that's what you're trying. <laughs> that's that's to, quite uh, nice way to end that question. Yeah. Perfect, perfect ending, right? Uh, favorite venue? A favorite place I've ever played. Give me the next question and I'll let the subconscious work on it because I, I just went blank. I couldn't remember playing a single venue. <laughs> but if you have another it's, it's one, all gone. And we'll go back to that one. We'll go back to that Who one. should we be listening to and why? There's a great folk musician called Lisa O'Neill and everybody needs to listen to her. And uh, I met her once. She's Irish. And um, I went. she asked me, could I have, um, what she want? Paper. She wanted a paper for a cigarette or something like that. And she asked me, even though there's a bunch of people who had paper, I had to ask a friend to get it even. I didn't even have it. And then um, she was so nice and she was performing that night. I had paid tenure to see her. She just started getting a little bit of recognition, but she's basically, she was basically in that early stage where nobody knows who she is. And, um, she was just the nicest person ever. And I finally, she was the first person I ever told. I said, I really want to do what you're doing. And uh, I want to do exactly what you're doing. And I love what you do. And I love how you sing your own voice. And I want to do exactly that. And uh, she could have just went, you know, thank you. Fuck off or whatever. But she didn't. She, <laughs> um, she said, I said, do you have any advice? And she said, um, what you need to do is get as good as you can possibly get alone. And then when you're really good, then show it to people. And that's all you do. You don't beat anyone's door down. You don't beg or anything. You just get as good as you possibly can. And then you show it to people. And if, if you really are good, they'll beat your door down. That's what she said. If you're really good, eventually they'll get so fed up that you're not coming to them ever that they'll, all come at once and she said that's how you do it <laughs> i was like that's the coolest advice ever so everyone should listen to lisa neil wonderful songwriter sings in her own voice irish voice uh it's a very she plays banjo she's a very um unique voice and i think she's a wonderful inspiration as a songwriter and it's just as a person she seems cool but yeah there you go which is always a bonus right now, best venue, bloody hell, I can't, I can't, I've just got to say 800 because I just, <laughs> like, they keep giving me gigs, but I have no idea. I'll get back to you. <laughs> I'll get back to you. I I last question for you then. What's your go-to karaoke song? That's a bloody brilliant. Or songs. I mean, of course. No, I got one. I know what it is. It's Waterloo Sunset. That's uh, by the Kinks. And it's, uh, it's, I think it's my favorite song ever written. I've done it. I remember, I remember the last time I did it, there was a, uh, a few, a few drinks being had. We we're in our mm -hmm. own booth, and one of our friends just started drinking way, way, way too much because he was nervous singing. So he was compensating, and uh, he ended up uh, he he got sick, and uh, it just happened right before I was about to 
sing and we just realized we're in a booth. Follow that. <laughs> we're, we're in a booth and we're going to get charged through the nose by if if we don't figure this out ourselves and deal with the situation. And so they said to me, Connor, just act normal. Keep singing. And so they think we're not doing anything. <laughs> so my friend is lying down now and I'm like, as long as we case on Waterloo Sunset. <laughs> it was traumatic, but it's a memory that's really stood out. So there you go. That's my go-to karaoke. We got it. It was a nice story to go along with it, but you know, it's yeah. a kind of three minute and change song, right? It's, yeah. it's kind of perfect karaoke type. Yeah. What's yours? Yeah, I quite like the short ones with not much singing in it. To be honest, yeah. I'm not much of a singer, man. You know, oh, you know, I have my moments, dog walking in the show, the usual stuff. You know, yeah, yeah, in that's the car the best. when no one's around. Uh, the best, something probably something Hendrix related or something, like that. or even one of the kind of short Beatles songs, the early Beatles stuff. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. Love me do or something like that. Just Love like, me do. They're, 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 That'd they're be a fun, great one, right? You know, it's like three minutes and they just sound great and hundred percent. Like soul really soul music's great for that too. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a fun thing. Or like something like, be my, be my baby. Perfect, right? It's, it's when it gets painful when the meatloaf stuff comes out. Like, not uh, from me, but, you know, there's other people that it's like the eight-minute version of... That happens. Bad Out of Hell Part 3 or something. You, yeah. You've been in the bathroom, you've been at the bar, you've ordered food, and the guy's still singing. You know? Yeah. I hate you think, people who oh, hog... <laughs> I don't know, a, a karaoke, you're like, oh, God, I know this so is might, your there, moment. There should be a little kind of asterisk on the kind of karaoke menu thing, you know, when you just mm. have songs under a certain time period, and then... Yeah, that's true. That it should out. be that works a little it bit. should be three minutes and done. Get the hell off. Maybe yeah. we'll allow Bohemian Rhapsody, if you have the balls, to do it. I'd love to see that. Someone actually well, see, nailing that. funny you mentioned about so people, artists, you just don't get... I don't get Queen at all, you know? I kind of uh, I, I I, know who they are. Really. When I was a kid, I had greatest hits of Queen, and hmm. I would literally dance around the room, running around. So... Uh, yeah, they have some fine yeah. songs. And the, on the other <laughs> hand, I'm just like... Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> that's enough. You know? I, I, I kind of agree. I'm not, I don't listen to them anymore, it's just, but I loved them as a kid. I think there's something very um, innocent or something uh, about a queen. So I kind of wish I still liked them. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wish I still did. Yeah, I never got it. I tried it. <laughs> I never just like, oh, I got one. Oh, I never, I never got Pink Floyd. Never understood. Oh, right. I didn't get it at all. I ne I didn't understand it. <laughs> yeah, people always try it's, to. It's a bit abstract. Hey? You're a bit kind of like, okay, this is supposed to be what? Yeah, I don't know. Pink Floyd's one of those. I, I I like Pink Floyd, but I can see how it's easily not. Yeah, but taken too so easily because. But it's the bit, people yeah. who are really into it don't understand that I don't get it. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, I I just, I, it sounds good, but it's not grabbing me. I don't know why. It either grabs you or it doesn't. So right. it's just, you don't, you can't think too much about it. Time and a place and all that, Connor. Yeah, exactly. Thanks for joining me tonight. I had a great time. It's a pleasure, Craig. Absolute, uh, it's absolute pleasure. All the best, Connor. Eh? Take it easy. Talk soon. Cheers. Bye, bye, bye. Follow Can't Find My Way Home on Instagram at can't.findmywayhome, on Facebook at Expat Music Pod, and of course, you can find us on Spotify, Anchor.fm, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts from, you'll find us there. Until the next one, this is Craig saying cheers. <laughs>